What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Talking On My Ass Podcast. If you guys are listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and enjoying the show, please do me a favor, write a review, give me a five-star rating to help grow the show. If you are watching on YouTube, please subscribe, like, comment, share the episode with your friends or family or on your social media platforms. My guest today is a full-time missionary at YWAM at Kona, Hawaii. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Ariana Loxton. Before we start. Well, actually, I already pressed live, so we are on air right now. Oh, I was going to ask you if there's anything in my teeth. Let me see. Not at all. Did okay. you eat something that you oh, would yeah, think it was on your teeth? Oh, yeah, smoothie with, like, berries and stuff. Oh, yeah, you might. I'll and just keep. You might in the future. You should have kept the berry thing on your on the table. You you could have honestly you could it's drink right whatever you want. Yeah, go ahead, put it on the table. Okay. It would be it would be better for you just so. Anyways, good morning, Ari. <laughs> <laughs> morning, Daniel. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? So this is our uh, third interaction, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like I've Maybe known you for a long period of time, though. Mm-hmm. Isn't and I know that sounds kind of creepy on my end. Well, because you follow me on social media, right? Yeah. I don't I follow you, but I'm gonna follow you back. I only don't follow. I just don't follow people that I'm that I don't know. Uh, no, that makes met. sense. That makes sense. But I know everybody like uses social media a little bit differently. But oh, I'm like clearly since we've established a little more of like a relationship now, yes. that I'm like okay, I can follow you because like I actually know you. Of course, I didn't even I didn't recognize that. Wow. Yeah. It makes me sad. Thank goodness. <laughs> I know. I feel bad because I'm like it's nothing personal. I just like. I only follow my friends. Well, that too. And I only, uh, like for me personally, I don't follow a lot of people. So like I when know, I, I saw that. That's why I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm one of the hundred. <laughs> well, like when I knew, when I knew, <laughs> when I knew, because uh, I'm the same way as you. I only follow my friends or some people that I've met or some people that I want to really follow. You know, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I reached out to you like months ago to come on the pod, um, I saw your page because I was associated with Hannah at the time and she was just con- talking so highly of you guys. Uh, and um, and then I started to see all what you guys were doing. And I was like, this is amazing. And uh, when I reached out to you right away, I was like, I want you on the podcast. And we're nearly, what, eight months, maybe several months since that so. since that DM? It's been a long time, yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, you already did the podcast. I wanted you to be the first. I wanted my podcast to be the first ever podcast mm-hmm. for you, but unfortunately, Hannah beat me to it. Yeah. Shame on her. She did. I know. <laughs> Anyways, anyway, so before we get into everything, um, I really want to go in the very beginning of Ariana, starting from your childhood. What was it like growing up for you? Okay, <laughs> I'll just jump right into it. Um, did you ask Hannah these questions too? A uh, little bit. Little okay, because I don't want to like just read share the same. You guys have a different perspective, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll just give like a brief summary of like I guess the, my upbringing. Hmm. Uh, born and raised in Morgan Hill, California. Have three other siblings, so there was six of us total in the house. Um, mom, dad, and then older brother, older sister, younger sister. Um, we all grew up homeschooled, so that was really, I guess that was already different right off the bat, mm. was just that majority of their, our society goes to like private school or public school, and I was homeschooled, so my classmates were my siblings or some random people from like a church community that we would find. Yeah. Um, so that would be my influence, my upbringing. My influence would be uh, my family, my cousins, my aunties, um, I think like the biggest thing that I learned in terms of like skills and stuff wouldn't necessarily be like education, <laughs> but more so like we did sports and we were all into singing and choir mm. and um, instruments. And so like we were a very musical family. And so that was like a big part of my upbringing was just music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then sophomore year, that'd be 10th grade. Then me and Hannah went and joined or yeah enrolled into Monta Vista Christian Mm -hmm. and then that's where I graduated and that's where I got like my high school experience yeah which was like so fun for me because in my heart like I've always wanted like the typical like like you know typical school experience like I've always wanted to go to prom I always wanted to like ride on a yellow school bus (laughs) like I always wanted those like typical like experiences like my parents went to Live Oak and they got married at 19. And so my dream was to go to Live Oak and get mm. married at 18. <laughs> and then like, just like random things. Like, I don't know. I just like wanted my life to like, almost like mimic, like, and model my family's yes. life. Just because I thought it was so cool. Like my, my grandma, she had 14 kids. And so I was like, dang, you had 14 kids. I want 15 kids. <laughs> oh and so that was always just like my mindset. And then now looking back on my life, 
my life looks nothing like the way that the rest of my families mm. does. Yeah. And obviously it's because I found God yeah. and he's kind of totally redirected my plans. Um, but that's kind of like the brief, yeah. my brief like upbringing. Yeah. I, guess. I, I was looking at um, every time I've like been in your house, um, sometimes your family will put out photo albums mm -hmm. and uh, you guys were always involved in church, correct? Like your entire upbringing. When you yeah. were a when you were a child, um, were you very accepting of it back then? Did you under did you have an understanding of it when you were young? Um, like faith or like religion? Yeah, or? faith, religion. Like, cause sometimes when kids enter church, um, parents are are technically just kind of t bringing them and forcing them to go. Right. They're not really well educated on why they are going. Right. So did totally. you kind of have a, a deep understanding of it while you were young? Um, mm, no. It was always just, it was just part of something that we did. Like we always went to church on Sundays. And then when I got a little bit older, my sister brought me to youth group. And at the time it was like a high school youth group. And I was still like in, I don't know, like sixth or seventh grade. So I felt really cool because my older sister like was the worship leader. And so she would bring me and I felt so cool. But it was just like a thing. It was just like another like part, of, like a social aspect of my life. It wasn't necessarily like i don't know it wasn't necessarily like yes like i know all of these things are like making me fall more in love with god it was mm -hmm. just like it was almost just like a part of what i did like i didn't know anything different mm -hmm. um so my upbringing didn't really like explain oh my gosh like i remember when i when i was 19 and i actually did like find god and like discovered like that personal relationship with god mm -hmm. i um like I remember looking back on my life and like growing up in the church for the past 19 years and never knowing what the gospel actually was like the gospel story, like not being able to explain. I remember one time when I was in high school, I was like, what's the gospel? And I like Googled it, like the definition of mm. the gospel. And I still like could not understand the gospel story, which is basically just the story of like God jesus coming down dying on the cross mm -hmm. and therefore paying the price for our sins and yes. we can have a relationship through the holy spirit that whole story mm -hmm. um had no idea and i grew up in the church and i just didn't understand that that was the gospel like nothing computed in my head and i was like why didn't anybody explain this to me why didn't anybody explain to me that you can have a personal relationship with god mm -hmm. the creator of the universe yeah so it was like we were told like these good stories and i was surrounded by like good people and we had like fun worship but there was no, there was like no mentors or leaders that really took on the responsibility to actually mentor and disciple young people. Be like, you know, like, you know what, like having a faith actually looks like, you know what, like Christianity really means. And it's like, that's like pursuing like God and like getting to know who God is. And then from that place of knowing him intimately, then like, you know, making him known, then like mm. telling people and like, like sharing the love of jesus not just from a place of like head knowledge but actually like heart knowledge of having that personal connection if that makes sense no it does it completely does yeah yeah and so but none of that was really explained to me yeah, <laughs> yeah even for me as well because uh, i grew up um i grew up christian and uh my family we were always in church my family had a church my father was a lead pa uh, pastor my mom was a lead singer so we were there every single day and every Christmas, we were always giving to the poor. We were always doing so much. But as a child, I didn't really understand it. Um, I was, uh, even though like my father, I would listen to him speak. I would see my mother sing and it was always so beautiful. But um, I feel like now uh, children are being a lot more educated than than how I was brought into church. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful to see because my, my cousin who is uh, pastoring, they are leading so many youth. And they're children. And then the fact that these kids are like getting on stage and like speaking so eloquently and mm. so free. It's mm. like, wow. Like, I wish I was like that because when I was young in church, I didn't, I was so shy because I didn't understand it. I wish I had a better understanding. Then I would probably walk around more confident, Yeah, you know, but it's beautiful to see the progression with it of all ages. Yeah. And uh, when you were 19, you said 19 was like the first the feeling where you actually felt like, oh, I have this relationship with God. And um, why do you think right now in this day and age, why do people wrestle with the idea of God? Um, I think I'm not sure as I like 
continue to do missions in like other countries i think that it's predominantly um like a western thinking of having this idea that like we don't need a god Mm -hmm. um that like having like serving a god doesn't like doesn't matter to like live a happy successful life therefore i feel like people have just lost the value of even like believing in god in the first place but you go to other countries and like the like the argument is whether or not there is a God. It's like, well, which God is real or which mm. God is the true God, my God or your God. Yeah. And so it's just interesting, like ev- like people's different perspectives. Like you go to other countries, like you can't deny that there is a God. Mm. People believe that there is a God and, and like faith and religion is all part of their culture, all part of their like DNA, their family unit. Um, and here, at least in America and feel like first world countries it's more so like like some i don't know how it's like come to this place where we've just decided that we can just do much better without a god Mm. but um yeah i just i think okay sorry what was your question again why do people wrestle with god i think number one i feel like people that have come okay I think throughout like generations I even like I want to research more about like even church history because I don't know fully but I think like 40 years ago when people would like enter the church like everybody had an understanding that like going to church was just like a thing Mm. and it was just like a normal thing to do and like you never really had a like question even if you hated God or even if you just like were going because like your parents forced you like you still like there was no like doubt of like an existence of a God. Mm. It was just something that was done, whether you like, liked to or not. It was just like, he was always like known. And also the power of the Holy spirit was also more like moving and active. And I think at some point in the past, maybe like 30 or 40 years, there's been like a shift in the way that church, um, the church tries to, um, make themselves appealing to the people. Mm. And I don't know if you know, like anything about like church history, but, at least within the past like 30 to 40 years there's been like kind of like a diminishing of the holy spirit where before then you would hear like at least my mom would tell me like i remember when i started to discover the lord like not only did i discover this personal relationship but i also got to see like the power of the holy spirit being moved Mm. in front of my own eyes like people getting healed like people getting encountered by like the holy spirit people like people literally getting like set free from like demonic oppression and like Mm. literally manifesting in like like crazy like bodily movements because the power of the lord was like upon them Mm. just cool things that i'm just like after i've seen these things like i can't deny it but in the past 30 to 40 years like our upbringing the church has almost like diminished the holy spirit because they wanted to make uh they wanted to make church and like christianity more appealing to the people and i think that there was this lie that the church bought into that the holy spirit like was i guess like scary and off-putting for non-believers and so to be more accepting to be more open to the rest of the people i think that i don't know how across the whole church body they've just like corporately decided that let's diminish the holy spirit a little bit more like let's not like ask for the power of god to like fall Mm. so much because when you when the presence of the lord is there like you like like un like supernatural things happen yes and that scares people apparently Mm -hmm. um and so i think i think all of that to say so when you like take away like the true presence of the of the lord and you still have church i think there's like a division between like just like the holy spirit Mm. that lives inside of us like when we like give our lives to jesus then we're asking for the lord to like come and renew our minds and like restore and like change our hearts and so when we die to ourselves we're like alive in christ Mm. and so what when we die to ourselves like what's the rest of us that that is living is and should be christ and that's what we strive to work towards every single day is that god would renew our minds and that we would live not like not for ourselves but for god Mm. and i don't think that the church has done a good display of that because they've diminished the holy spirit and that was all the reason why god gave us the holy spirit is so that 
he so that the Holy Spirit could help us have a personal relationship. Yeah. But when you take that away, then and people still want to serve God, then they're kind of not being led by God. They're like they might be reading the Word and the Bible, but if that's like not partnered with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is literally called the Helper, mm. then you're kind of then I think there's like a little bit more. And I'm not like attacking anybody. I'm just like, this is just where I'm like thinking what's like happened. I think that there's been more legalism than like, like fear of the Lord and like personal conviction Mm. to actually say what you want to say. Rather, they just want to like just follow the rules and say the right things and hope that like people will be attracted to the story, the message of the gospel. Mm -hmm. But the message of the gospel is also like a person. The message of the gospel, like, like, you know, changes history. It changes and restores families. It restores like broken situations, like relationships, all these things. And mm-hmm. um, so I just think all of that to say, I think that people have just been hurt by people yeah. and people represent the church. And I think majority of people that get hurt by the church uh, affiliate that hurt with God. Yeah. And so I think that there's just a lot of like double standards and, people just misrepresenting and then getting hurt by broken people and then saying, well, I don't want to be a Christian if Christians look like this. Yes. So I feel like that's kind of, to sum up <laughs> that whole answer, I think it's just broken people yeah. not reflecting and representing God well. Also, how could we though? Because we're still gonna, we're still like fallen broken. We're always going to like make mistakes. We're yeah. never going to be perfect. Yes. But I think even with that, there's like such a like, this like prideful legalism that's like oh since i'm a christian i'm perfect and there's no there's like not even room for christians to like make mistakes anymore Mm. and like there's there's like this it's unfortunate but like it's like you have to keep up this image that like you are like a good person that you do do good things that you don't have these like sinful temptations or see sinful desires because you want to you know represent well but then you're not allowing like this like authentic relationship with the Lord to really. Yeah. There's just like less authenticity, I think in the church as well. So I'm just going to leave it. At that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I tend to go. It's perfect. No worries. <laughs> and uh, something that my uh, cousin educated me on, um, he said the Bible doesn't really explain why bad things happen to us. They just kind of do. And I remember um, being brought into church. I was always a man of faith. I've always believed we always pray together as a family, so on and so forth. But there was a big shift within my family when uh, my brother passed away. Mm-hmm. And it was a big shift to the point where we were going to church every day and to the point we weren't going anymore. And I remember even publicly saying it um, to my friends. Uh, I doubted uh, God at that time, mm-hmm. at that moment. Um, when it happened, when I saw it, the whole process. And I remember when I said it out loud to my friends, I was like, oh my God, I don't think I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning. Cause I, I said that, mm. you know, and I was like, wow, I, I said that out loud. God heard that. And mm. I don't think I'm going to wake up tomorrow because of what I said. Mm. And, um, I think after that, uh, incident, uh, a lot of things within my family just kind of progressed a lot of um, events, I would mm-hmm. say, that uh, created more doubt. But a lot of great things came from that also. Mm. So it turned in from having faith, wrestling with faith, uh, to having faith again. And it's, it's still work, though. Like mm. something that my cousin told me, he's like, this is an forever-ending work. It's never going to be perfected. Um but it's, uh, I don't know, and I, my, and I was telling you this off air too, that like my family looks at me a little bit differently because I do not go to church um, every Sunday, so on and so forth. Uh, me and my mother do go once in a while. Um, but it's strange how we used to be and how we are now. Yeah. So the involvement, it just changed just because of, I don't know, maybe because of the events that happened within my family and also all of my uncles, my father, we they were all pastors leading up to when we were children. And then now it was this, it's a considered generational curse in my family. Like if you become a pastor, you end up falling off the wagon. Mm. So that's why 
it's almost like like that that term generational curse so it's it's tough but yeah I also believe that there's one individual to break that curse. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's people like me and there's a couple of other people in my family members who will be those people as well. Um, and people like you, uh, I feel like you're the you're the second person I've had on when it comes to this specific topic. And I appreciate you for that dearly um, because it it allows me to be open, more open minded, be aware and be educated because I will never know anything and it's best that I pick the brains off every single individual. Mm. Um, when you were younger, did you ever wrestle with it at all? Um, I always, again, like I didn't know when like I really got saved at 19. I didn't know that you could like have a relationship with God. Like I didn't know that you could hear the voice of God. Yeah. You could talk to him and he talks back. Um, and so it was really all just like religion in terms of like I would just go to church on Sunday and then hang out with like my youth group friends like mm. on Mondays. But um, yeah, it was just it was just like something that I did. And I never I never doubted or denied God. But I also there wasn't anything that was like there was no reason for me to like disobey like the mm. commandments yes. or like to like why is it so bad to do like all of like the worldly secular stuff like Mm. there was no like personal conviction of like well why would i why would i what's the value of really like keeping you know honoring like the ten commandments and obeying like the things that the bible says it was Mm. like "Ah, i don't really like i still like believe in god but i believe in god but i know i'm clearly not living a lifestyle that is supposed to represent Christ. So, and I remember even like in high school, this is when I was, um, in high school, this is when I started to kind of take a step back and like see where my personal relationship with God was or like my personal faith because growing up, it was just so easy because my parents would take me Mm. and then my sister invited me to youth group and then like, you know, so it was just like always just around me. Mm. Um, But then in high school, that's when I got to, kind of make my own decision and my own choice with where my faith stood and at that point like it was just people to me that was like it was just people that was at church that I wanted to be there for not necessarily like for God yeah so it was just like I'm gonna continue to like meet other people not outside of the church I'm gonna do things that like the church community doesn't do why I don't know they just don't like to do it and Mm. they say don't do these things but they didn't tell me really why so I'm just gonna do those things anyways Mm -hmm. just to to figure it out and discover like what's so wrong about it and because no one's telling me like no one's giving me a good enough reason to not do it there's like there's no like yeah like no like mentors and like people that really took on younger people to like bring them in and like teach them and steward like teach them the ways and stuff like that and so i was just like well i just have to figure it out on my own mm-hmm. and so in high school i was like oh, i might believe in god and i will i can never deny god but i would i stopped calling myself like a christian mm-hmm. because i also my christian private christian school i saw a lot more of just like like uh, just like a lot more misrepresentation of being of what a christian looks like yes and i was like i don't want to be affiliated with that yeah, yeah so i was like i'm not really like a christian when i go home and this is also like low-key part of my testimony is like i think i was wrestling with like honoring my parents and having keeping this image in one aspect of my life but then also wanting to discover the rest of the world and i didn't mm. want them to look at me or look at me in a certain way or be worried about me and so i kept my life pretty separate mm. um but it was just because there's deeper desire in me to like truly understand like where people are coming from why people thought that like partying is so much fun and all these other things that the world says is like fun and mm. i needed to discover it so but i also had this like inner like what i didn't realize was conviction at the time of knowing like i know i'm not living what like a lifestyle that a christian is supposed to be living yes but no one's telling giving me good enough reasons to not do it so i'm gonna go do it (laughs) and um usually i asked this to my cousin too because he made a statement saying uh people often uh follow god or give their life to god when uh they're at their lowest point yeah um 
were you did you seek it that way where you were at your lowest point and that's mm. what kind of why you gave your life to god yeah um no actually okay yeah i um and i actually think that stories like that is pretty cool because i feel like the reason why people give their lives to god at like lowest points is because that's when they're the most broken mm. and there's nothing in that in their own strength to pick them back up like it has to be it has to be God, it has to be anything else. And when they're that like vulnerable and transparent mm -hmm. and broken and humbled before God, then like God's able to actually be like, okay, like you, you humbled your pride before yes. me so that I can actually show you who I am, that I yeah. can show you that I am the redeemer, the restorer, I'm the lover of your soul, all the things that the Bible says, he's like, it's true. Mm -hmm. But it's only at the points that we're truly broken yeah. is when we actually like have the humility to like ask God to like reveal himself truly. Mm -hmm. um, which is so crazy because you go to like a third world country where they ha literally have nothing. They have like no, nothing to distraction. They, they don't have iPhones. They don't have technology. They don't have, you know, Bay Area traffic. They don't have all these things that are like <laughs> distracting. And so like they're just so much more open for like, for honestly just more of like the spiritual yeah. realm and so but i think that's why too they it, it's not a question of like whether like god is real or not it's mm. like who's you know whose god is more powerful mm. whose god is the real like one true god yeah um where uh how did that opportunity present itself for you to uh be a leader at kona <laughs> <laughs> um I, so I joined, I did my first, so I joined YWAM. And when you join YWAM, you do this six month program. It's called a DTS. Mm. It stands for a discipleship training school and it's a missions. So YWAM is a missions program. YWAM stands for youth with a mission. Mm. Um, it's just one of the many missions programs, but apparently it's the biggest missions program in the world <laughs> so i'm like okay cool yay um shameless plug <laughs> and so um i just thought i was getting myself into like a really fun six months um missions trip mm -hmm. um and after doing that six month program i discovered so many different things about um god about faith about um what it's like to like be a Christian. And also I just fell in love with something I, with a passion that I didn't realize I had. And that was missions and mm -hmm. ministry. And so after my six month program completed and I graduated, I was like, okay. Then in that six month, I also discovered, oh my gosh, you can actually hear God's voice. Mm -hmm. And so I remember I was on my missions trip in Paraguay and it was an, it was New Year's Day and I was like writing in my journal. I was like talking to God. I was like, okay, God, like, hmm, what should be like my New Year's resolutions be this year? And in this whole program, they're teaching us and telling us that you can hear the voice of the Lord and that we're encouraged and they help us like practice hearing God's voice. And we would do it through so many different ways of like going and getting words of knowledge for random people that you meet on the streets and mm going and like asking god for like words and like people would prophesy things over your life and it would like come to pass and i was just like wow that's crazy and so i'm hearing all these things and seeing all this happen like i want to hear god for myself and so in 2019 i remember thinking like god this here in the year of 2019 i'm only gonna do anything and everything that you tell me to do so yeah. like whatever like big life decisions i'm only gonna do whatever I feel like God is telling me to mm. do. And so after I graduated this, uh, the six month program, the DTS in March, I went back home, I worked and I started to really press in and I asked God what he wanted me to do next. Mm. And, um, what I felt like he was telling me to do this lead, go back to Kona, do a leadership training school. Um, and that's like the training that you do in order to join to be on staff in YWAM. Mm. And so I heard this and it wasn't my desire to be a leader in the first place. Wow. I was just like, I know like I grew up in a family of leaders and growing up, they always said that we are leaders. And I was just yeah. like, ah, <laughs> that's just too much pressure. 
And so hearing this, hearing that like God would ask me to go to a leadership training program, I was like, okay. Wow. Thinking nothing of it because it was never really my own desire to be a leader. Yeah. I just like wanted to like serve God and love God. Yes. So I did this training program in the training, in the leadership training program. I continue to ask God, okay, what's after this? Because the training, the leadership program was only two months. Okay. And so I was like, okay, what's after this? Yeah. And I remember we have a prayer room there and it's really nice because there's people everywhere on the base in Kona. And it's the one place that you can go and just actually pray and actually like spend time with God and like not be distracted by anyone else. Mm. Because you know, when you enter into the prayer room, you know that you're like, don't talk to anybody, you're meeting with God. Mm. And so I remember being in the prayer room and literally wrestling like, I need to know what you have next. Like I can't bear to just keep on doing all of these all of this training and not know what's next yeah because i wanted to continue like I, I wanted to continue my relationship with god but i didn't want to take any like leadership responsibility because i didn't feel like i was ready mm. but i was also made this commitment to god to surrender all of my big plans to him and so i remember wrestling staying in the prayer room I was like god i will not move <laughs> i will not leave this place until i hear you say until I hear you tell me what I'm supposed to do after. Mm, yeah. Like, what what do you want me to do? Yes. And so I, I was there at like four in the morning, <laughs> literally just like, God, tell me, tell me what you want. And I felt so clearly the first time ever, um, felt like God told me, like, I want you to staff the DTS. The same program that I just came out of six mm, months earlier. Yeah. And I was like, that's really insane. That's so insane. Yeah. I'm like, how was it? I think I was 20. Yeah, I was 20 years old. I was like, I'm just too young. Like, that's crazy. Wow. But I knew that he spoke so clearly. Yeah. And I was like, I, I have to. I have to obey. Yeah. And so that's what brought me into leadership <laughs> was really just simple obedience to following the voice of the Lord. And you've been there. You've been there for a couple of years now. So, I mean, you've had that role within those couple of years. Mm -hmm. Is it, Does it still feel like a lot of pressure or have you kind of molded into it? Or are you still adapting? Yeah, um, I think um, I think it's become easier for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but with that, with things like over time, just getting experience and being comfortable and like having like leadership, like that leadership kind of like authority and influence, it's become easier. But even with things being easier, there's still areas where like, I want to continue to push myself. I want to continue to grow. And what I love about that, um, our missions base there is that we're surrounded by a ton of leaders mm -hmm. that actually help push me and push me into continuing to grow. Yeah. Um, and so even when like things begin, start to like get easier in terms of like leading and leadership, um, I have people who, continue to challenge me continue to push me and also i think that god like tells me certain things and challenges me in areas where it's like i do feel like i'm constantly like being pushed a little bit more like even this new position that i have um so i've been having the same i had the same position for the past three years mm. and that is you that is being a staff of the dts where you go you like disciple students students that like come like freshly in from all aspects, like having a faith, not having a faith, coming for missions, coming just for a missions trip. Mm. And you just disciple them and work with these people from here. And then you take them to a nation, whatever nation for three months. So that's been my role for the past three years. Mm. And since my role is changing to be the school leader of this school, it's going to look a lot different where I know that the things that will come up, it's going to push me, challenge me and grow me um yeah so yeah what's the um, what's probably what been the greatest feeling when it comes to like preaching the word of god and like passing it on to mm -hmm. other people mm -hmm. what's the best feeling about that um i think i think honestly people when when you tell people about god and they they start to take their relationship into their own hands going from like a place of like discipling them and like helping them discover that relationship with God and then seeing seeing that discipleship become like 
seeing the person that you're walking with become independent in their relationship with God and seeing, seeing the multiplication of the love that I have for God being multiplied into other people's lives and seeing people who are stuck in like lies and like shame and insecurity and control being like set free from all of these things and finding freedom in pursuing God. Mm. Um, honestly, I think just people really like opening up and surrendering their lives to Jesus and then seeing the freedom that they experience, seeing the like true, like unexplainable love that they receive and they get from having a relationship with God. I think that's the best because I feel like the gospel story almost sounds too good to be true so much. So Mm -hmm. I think that people just put it off because it's like, that just almost, that sounds like a fairy tale. And honestly, it it does sound like a fairy tale for sure. Mm -hmm. But when you actually give God a chance and you give him a shot, like, He's, he's faithful. Yeah. He shows up. Mm. And so when I see people actually give God a chance and the God like reveals himself to them, that's like the best. Yeah. It's the best feeling ever. It makes everything that I do so worth it. Mm. So that's probably it. Yeah. <laughs> does it, um, does all this kind of keep you up late at night? I yeah. mean, I feel like this leadership is a very, very big role because I mean, have you ever been told that, that you were a role model towards people? Uh, yeah. How is that? Because that's a different kind of compliment. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's funny because I think what's really cool about even just <laughs> um, like following God and serving God is that I don't necessarily, I don't even like to really like look at myself as a leader. Mm more than I would like as like a servant of God and uh, something like a phrase that we say and why women's having like, a value of having like servant hearted leadership like the best leaders are learners like the best leaders are servant hearted mm. and so that's something to me that it's just like the more that I am a role model the more that I have influence I'm just like dang I really like my desire my hope is that they don't they even as I get more influence, like I don't want them to see me. Like I really want to see that my life is so laid down that they're like, dang, why is she so like, why is she so sold out for God? Like, what is it about like God that she would literally give her whole life to like full-time missions work? Like why? Mm -hmm. And so I like, that's like my desire is that there's almost like this greater fear of the Lord, this like greater conviction, greater responsibility, like dang, I like if I have this influence, I fully want it to be. I fully want my life to point back to God. I will mm. fully want my life to point back to Jesus and the cross and what He did for us. Yeah. And so there's that way of like, wow, people look up to me. I hope and pray, God, I like, please be working through me. Please be like putting your life like on display through my life. Yeah. Um, and that's all I could hope for. And ask for and I think that's what's interesting about the fact that I'm again like in a leadership position because it's like I'm only in a leadership position because this is where I feel like God's asked me to be yeah I could literally be anywhere and I hope to be like in other places at some point in my life like I want to live in the Middle East like I want to go like being in like the hardest and darkest places where people don't know my name and people don't see me yeah like I don't care to be a leader really but I definitely care to influence people to the kingdom and influence people to discover a personal relationship with God. That's something that you can never leave, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can never like, you know, they say like, oh, I can't wait to retire. But I feel like you can never retire from that role. Correct. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever worked with somebody personally? Um I mean, you put in so much work and like preaching the gospel, speaking the word of God but they just didn't, uh, they weren't accepting of it. Have you ever worked with somebody like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was that? Um, it's, it's honestly pretty heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, only because, I mean, like, dang, like, it's like my work, like my career is fully everything that I, like, everything that I love it's like it's so my work is so personal you know 
Yeah. It's like my whole heart is involved with everything that I do. And yes. so when people don't receive it well or um, just don't see like the value of it, it's just like, it's just like, dang, like, you, like I wish that there's more that I could say or, you know, it, it is hard. I don't know how else to explain it, but I think over the years, it's like I, I'm starting to just like understand and see like how like dang people being hurt by the church like there's a lot of wounds that people get and mm. it's so hard to come out of that like you know like yes people are like get hurt from i don't know just like seeing like seeing double standards and just like people living one life on the platform and then li living a totally different way but also you hear crazy stories like like people getting like abused by like spiritual leaders and like um What's the word? Is that is that disheartening for you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's like a deep desire in my heart to like come and like shake the church up and be like, what is wrong with you? How could you like how could you like manipulate people like yeah. that? How could you You sound by the way, you sound so sweet when you're you know saying <laughs> What's wrong with you? Doesn't sound very threatening. <laughs> Yeah, it comes out in, in different times. Probably if I'm like in the moment, it'd be more like, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. You know, it's very strange for me. Uh, I hear this a lot where people say, I believe in demons. I'm scared of demons, but I don't believe in God. Yeah. Isn't that a oh, weird that's thing? So <laughs> that's like, what? Are you kidding me? That's hilarious. It's funny. It's weird. Like people will go to the movies and go watch a exorcism movie, so and so forth. And they are terrified. Mm -hmm. But when you speak about God, they're like, no, yeah, no, it's no, insane. No, is it <laughs> it's so insane. Like it's hilarious almost. That's, yeah. It's like, what? Like, you're literally just choosing to just like believe that there's like a dark side, yes. but not if there's like darkness, shouldn't there be light? You know, yin and yang. Yeah. You know, so it's like what <laughs> we're we're. I, I'm honestly like dumbfounded. It's really funny to me. I was having a conversation with one of my friends a couple of days ago and I was just explaining to her um, some stories that I uh, had from just going on different mission trips and seeing like demonic things like manifest in front of my eyes. Just like seeing like real kind of like, you know, things that, some things that you see in like these horror movies. Like yeah. I got to see it with my own eyes. So it's like, yeah, it's like so real, totally wow. real. No, yeah, I'm terrified, <laughs> like literally. <laughs> but it's, then it's like, then I get to come in and I get to see like the power of God like break in. And I get to see people like who are like, you know, demonically oppressed, but get freedom when you like, like ask like God to like come and break in. Mm. And then you see like, you see like a switch, like a shift, like you like, oh my gosh. Okay, I'll maybe I'll share these stories with you please, later please. separately. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like all of these things I feel like like points back to there being a god. Mm. Um so it's just like funny and I'm like how could you Wait, I was sharing a story. What is going on? Oh. I think yeah, I think I was just like, explaining um, can you tell that I'm just so used to doing podcasts and so comfortable? I love it. I love it. You're doing a great job. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, but, um, would you ever go to school for that? Exorcisms. Oh gosh. Um, yeah. Wow. Do they have schools for that? Yeah, they do. My gra uh, my grandfather performed exorcisms. <laughs> He's still a pastor and scary. And this guy has like 110 lives. Or he should have died millions of times, but he's still here and it's crazy. He's still smiling. He's still serving God. And, uh, have you ever had him on your podcast? I want to, I really do. Yeah. It'd be funny, him? but I don't think he could sit for a long period of time, <laughs> <laughs> but I plan to, uh, eventually pick his brain because me and him have a lot of similarities because we mm. were both, uh, the pro fighters in the family. And, mm. um, yeah, we just have a lot of similarities That's and cool. it's interesting of him because I've, I have never met anyone more blessed than him. Hmm. The way he's a perfect example of what a man should be. The hmm. way he treats people, the way he takes care of his wife, the way he just leads. He is the perfect example of what a man is. And it's, it's amazing just to have him as a grandfather, but 
I also seen like the bad, you know, yeah. of like, oh, what a man shouldn't be. And um, I remember I even asked my cousin too the same question I asked you about if you would like ever like want to perform exorcisms or go to school and study to perform exorcisms. And he's like, yeah, I think I would maybe, but that's honestly terrifying for me. That's probably one of my worst fears. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the same it's room, no, oh baby. It's for sure, it's definitely scary. Oh, I wish, I want to explain like so many things. <laughs> You're so just... lit up right now. <laughs> because it's like, well, uh, oh, there's just so many things that I just don't, I just, it, I would go into like a whole other like conversation. Yes. But I mean, honestly, totally. Yeah, I feel like that's one of those things where it's like if you have a like if you have a fear, like let's conquer that fear. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yes. But I again, like I've seen things where it's like, I didn't need to go to school for yeah like that in order to see like demons. Like, and I, I, I also like don't want to scare anybody from like. You know, from pursuing, like, God. And honestly, even then, it's like, I haven't really seen anything crazy, like. But if you, I mean, here. there was this quote that I love. Like, if you believe in the, if you believe in, like, demons and the devil, then you have to believe in God. Mm -hmm. Like, there is no one side and the other side is no. Like, like that term that's always been pushed around, like, oh, demons are scariest. But, but God's not around. Ugh. I wish people would talk more about the power of God than they would talk about the power of demons. Well, it's, um, I think it's promoted more. That's true. Whether in, you know, cinematic theater or so on and so forth, people look forward to going watching horror movies. What's in a lot of horror movies? Oh, this actually, this October is a, is a new movie coming out and it looks terrifying. What's and it it's, called? it's another exorcism movie, mm -hmm. but that's more promoted than, do you ever see a movie? at all it's rare it's very very rare when a movie comes out about uh christianity god religion very rare mm -hmm. and if it does come out it's not well promoted mm -mm. isn't that strange and the quality sucks <laughs> like the production's like terrible <laughs> yeah, it's really yeah i um i've seen a couple documentaries though of like uh one of them is called like i think it's called the finger of god and it's a documentary. It's not like a real movie, but it's just, you know, like recording like people's real lives. And there are things like on film that is uh, documented of people like manifesting and like, you know, like seeing like you see like the crazy like demonic things happen. But I don't know why like that stuff isn't promoted. I think we talk about it a lot. I've definitely asked people this question, like why? Like if all of, if these things are happening and there's other nations that fully believe in all of like the spiritual stuff, why isn't it talked about more? Why isn't it promoted more? Mm -hmm. And it's a question that all of us are kind of like, or I think most people are like wondering and um, wanting to change about it. Yeah. But it sucks because yeah. it's true. Like there isn't a lot of promotion towards it. But I think a good film or documentary is called The Finger of God. My personal favorite movie, though, is called Free Burma Rangers. Yeah. There's not a lot of, like, spiritual, you yeah, know, yeah. activation type things. But um, just it just displays the life of, like, a missionary and what it looks like to... Anyway. <laughs> Sorry. I <was laughs> went on a tangent again. <laughs> Have you seen the movie uh, Passion of the Christ? Yeah. Hey. Usually when I watch a movie and my phone vibrates so and so forth, I'll check it. That movie, I am stuck. Mm -hmm. Isn't it like for? And I, I remember being frozen. Last time I saw it was like a, probably two months ago, maybe. And uh, I was by myself, and I was frozen. Like that movie, I probably watched a hundred times. Um, and I just love it so much because it just I don't know. Mel Gibson, shout out to you, honestly. Like he does great movies. Yeah. Um, but that movie is just so uh, gut wrenching. Mm -hmm. The whole thing from tit from tat. And I even asked like so many like my family members, like, have you guys watched it? Like, no. Like, because they don't want to see the gore. They don't want to see like mm -hmm. the blood, so on and so forth. But I was like, but the story, you know, like personally for me, I've never read the Bible. Um, I feel like I have been told and educated, not enough, but a good chunk to be able to understand some lessons that it passed on that I implement in my day to day life. Um, does that kind of bother you too when people speak the word of God, but they don't implement it in their, into their lives? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. 
absolutely um but i even say that with reservation of being like well i'm not perfect either yeah i know that there's pro- like there's areas of my life where i'm sure people could probably say the same thing about me mm. and not to like diminish myself by any means but again like it's um like we're still like imperfect yet we strive to be like christ yeah. yet we you know strive to like live a life that is like holy and righteous and pleasing to god um but um i think and i was kind of having this like realization i feel like that's probably why in the bible like it says that love is patient and kind Hmm. because i think that there's there's like there's not a lot of uh we don't tend to even just like as humans we don't tend to give people a lot of grace anymore Hmm. like we don't tend to have a lot of patience for anybody or anything really yeah and so i think yeah i mean yeah so it just it's sad to see but i'm also like who am i to say that you know like one person is like being you know living like a double life and not being like truly authentic to like wanting to like you know promote god yeah because what if they really like genuinely are trying to they just maybe don't have like people in their life to like push them or i don't know but maybe in their personal lives they're not actually like asking god to like show them like the dark parts of their hearts to like bring it up and like maybe there's this hidden sin in their lives that they just don't want to deal with because they rather have mm-hmm. you know the platform influence exactly than actually bringing the kingdom of god i want your uh, honest opinion <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure, sure. Um, is it, um, am I doing myself a disservice and a disservice to God um, by not going to church and not praying every day? But I am a man of faith and I live within those principles daily, meaning I am a family man. I respect my elders. I am showing up for the people I'm giving love, I'm giving energy to the right people and to anybody who comes across and I help those in need and I have a business that is changing lives. But am I doing myself and him a disservice? Would you say your honest thoughts, please? (laughs) Well, I guess I would just ask you um, what in like every area of your life that you feel like is like serving God do you feel like in all those things like do you feel like there's anything in your life that you that brings that like connection that you know like you're connecting with god like in this moment or in this action or this you know? this right now you know moments like this moments when i'm with my family moments when i'm with like a great set of people like your family for instance like your mom asked hannah the other day it's like wow daniel actually comes here a lot and he like spends time here I, that's like being around very high level individuals and amazing individuals is, feels like home and places that it feels like home. It's like, that's, that's where I feel. So in a way it's like almost everywhere I go because I don't put in time to things that are going to ruin my time and waste my time. So that's what I kind of told my uncle. I feel like every go, everywhere I go is my church. If that makes sense. Mm. Like my environment, my people, uh, the love that I give, the love that I receive, it's that's like my church. It's like everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. I'm not causing harm. I'm not causing ruckus to the world. I'm not hurting anybody. I am sticking true to my principles, period. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that question why too that you asked me like, oh, like you're not, you're not dating anybody either. No, because for so many years I did it wrong and this time I want to do it right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've been, say, alone for so many years because the next person that I end up with, uh, they are going to get everything of me and the lessons that I've learned from my past and they're going to be implemented into my today my today life. Mm-hmm. But I would say everywhere I go feels like I'm serving mm-hmm. even though I'm not going to church. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm still looked... What hurts my, uh, what breaks my heart is I'm looked bad upon by my own, my own loved ones. And, uh, 
that sucks mm -hmm. because I really am doing my best. I really am doing what I could possibly be doing with like the time that I have right now. And I just don't, I don't know. It's, it's a question that I run through my head a lot. Mm. And being with people like you, I just feel like <sighs> refresher mm. in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, it's kind of like my explanation. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Um, I Even when you were saying, uh, like brought up like the relationship thing, that reminded me of like probably like the easiest way to put a relationship with God is the way that you would pursue relationship with somebody that you're dating. Yeah. That's probably the easiest way because again, like, you know, I think the concept of having a personal relationship with God is like very foreign to people. Mm. And so, but like in reality, I feel like that's like the number one thing that like keeps people committed and devoted to their faith. And that is to like, actually know that there's a real like God that you're praying to and that there's a real God that like, that you, you know, when you're saying your prayer, like he answers, but like, I think that people like give their requests to God and like say their prayers and don't expect to answer back because like, are you crazy to think that yeah. you would like hear back from what, like yeah. something that you can't see, something that you can't, you know, feel, or even though you can feel God and you can hear God. But, yes. um, I think it's just, I, I guess I would just like encourage you, like, like the time that you would devote to like pursuing like a girl, like I would encourage you, like, I don't know, like, not like with God, but like even just like the time. Okay. Maybe that's like too much time, but like, <laughs> but like, okay. Like you like set aside time to like read your books. You set aside time to set up all this equipment, to do these podcasts. You set aside undivided attention, undivided time mm. to do this editing you know, to do the things that you're passionate about, to do the things that you love. Um, and here we have a God that, you know, you believe in, I believe in, like you serve, I serve. Yet he like he requires that like undivided, like devoted time that it's like, yes, we get to like like love him through loving people and through like doing good to the world. But like still personal relationship comes from like like undivided devoted like attention mm. like directly to like jesus himself yes and so like i think like maybe i wouldn't say like oh my gosh you have to go to church even though like yes like going to church like really does help continue to grow one's faith because it's the way that the church should be is that we're like a group of people that is continuing to edify one another and also edify you know god and the, the people um but when it comes to like, again, like personal relationship, I think it just, it starts from like, you know, personally getting away, like away from people, away from, you know, like other people watching you and just like going away, closing the door and you have your Bible open and you start to like, like ask, like invite like the presence of God and you start to talk to God. Like, I think that's where it changes. And then from that place of really like, like meeting God and I say and I say also like emphasis on like opening up your Bible because I think um, with there being like a, like a spiritual realm and there being like realness to spiritual forces I think that like we can often like get like we can get God skewed with our, our own opinions and our own ideas of what we want God to be. Mm -hmm. But the Bible is so clear about who God is. And so it's important to get to the word, not just to be religious and just read your Bible, read your Bible, read yes. your Bible, but read the Bible because there's, there's a man that is talked about and the, you know, the man that is talked about in this book is God. Mm -hmm. And so emphasis on reading the Bible, because when you read the Bible, it just points back to, Jesus points back to God. Yeah. And it's funny because I, I do a book a week every time I read mm -hmm. and uh, I have my father's Bible behind me mm -hmm. and I've always, every time like I'm searching for another book to read for the next upcoming week, I was like, man, there's going to be one day where it's like, I'm going to have to pick this up, but I'm not going to be able to finish it in a week. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. There's no way the letters right. are like that. Tiny. <laughs> it's true. So, but there is going to come a time where I, um, 
uh, I'm going to have to. And I actually look forward to that mm -hmm. um, because I am old enough. I feel like right now where it's like, I'm just going to be consuming and implementing it because that's what I do with every single thing that I read, everything that I consume, every interaction that I come across. I like whatever you give me, I'm able to like, that's probably one of the best things about these is because um, you teach me so much within the little time, within the hour that you gave me right now. But I could get to go back and edit this and take it in even more in a deeper level. But this is in a way pointless if I'm not implementing anything, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So the same with these books. These, points, these books are pointless if I'm not implementing anything. Mm -hmm. These conversations are pointless if I'm not implementing anything. So it's kind of funny. People think this is for my audience. Uh, wrong this is for me <laughs> like literally like i am just a student of life mm -hmm. and uh this is literally for me mm -hmm. it's not for i mean if people love it and people like appreciate it when they send me messages and they like they love the podcast great i i love that you love it but make no mistake about it this mm -hmm. is for me mm -hmm. um and i'm just i'm grateful for like all of you guys Especially like just the things that you, because this is my second conversation within this topic. And I hope I can get more. Like, I hope I can go to Kona one of these days and like literally interview like 10 plus people over there. Yeah, you, you should know what come. I mean? Like, why not? I mean, I know the podcast name is a little different, but. <laughs> <laughs> it is, I mean, I mean, it is, yeah. It we'll does. figure it out. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, also, uh, something that I want to ask you, uh, you have been in leadership for a couple of years now. Mm -hmm. uh, what's one of the biggest things that you've learned from leadership? Um, learned in being um, in the leadership position or learned from like leaders above me? Period. The term leadership. Um, I guess just I think the two things that I already mentioned is... Uh, the best leadership is servant-hearted leadership, and the best uh, leaders are obedient. Um, yeah. yeah, that's probably what I'd say. Uh, Ariana, you are 23 years old, correct? Yes. Yeah, I thought you were way much older because oh. I thought I'm going to be honest. Uh, your uh, your dorkiness is uh, very contagious. Oh, I'll wow. say. Yeah. <laughs> Why, thank you. <laughs> but your uh, your thinking is very uh, much older, I would say. That's why I thought you were my age. Mm -hmm. I was like surprised when you told me you were 23. I was like, wow. So uh, wow. we're like technically closing this podcast. Uh, and you are uh, my last question to you. In your 23 years of life, what's the greatest lesson you ever learned? <laughs> oh, I'm thinking. One sec. Thinking. Um, greatest lesson. Um, gosh, I'd say, I'd say, practice and devote your life to hearing, listening to the word of the Lord. Nice. That's the best thing that I've done for my life. And even when like people have failed me, even when like hard things have come up in like the realities of a broken world, you know, so many things that like so many hard things about life period that are just like, well, I don't like I deserve to be sad. I, I deserve to hate this person. I deserve, you know, to like judge this person or like not forgive this person like if we surrender our like ears to like really asking God to like speak and like, I don't know. I think just like listening to God's voice is the best thing that we can do. It's the coolest thing. It makes life so much fun. I'm like low key, like a thrill seeker. And so I think even when I like discovered, like needed to like go and discover things because like I wanted to find out like the funner parts of life. But then when I found out that like you can hear God's voice, that's been my high on life mm. is like this relationship with somebody that is not of this world yeah. with God that is not of this world. And he gives me perspective that is so opposite of what the world tells us. Mm. And so um, that's the biggest thing that I think I've learned in my whole life is yeah. that 
wow, God speaks to me and I can continue to grow in that relationship to really listen and hear his voice. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Ari, are there any closing statements for the podcast? Um, closing <laughs> 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 uh, statements. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep, those are my closing statements. You're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> I'm so good at this. So good at this podcast. I just wanted to ask you so many things, but like, I mean, you could ask me one question, maybe possibly you could ask me. I mean, you could ask me whatever you want, really. Okay. I don't mind. I don't care. I just like, I don't know. Like all the questions that you asked me, I just want to like, be like, ditto. Like, what about yourself? Like, how do you feel about that? But, um, this podcast is about you, not me. I know. That's what I know. And that's what you told me. And so I was like, okay, like I, Cause I know we talked about, I was like, well, can I ask you questions? He's like, yeah, like nobody normally does. And I was like, okay, great. I get oh, I do remember that conversation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I apologize. But then I see how it's like, oh, okay, it's more about me. Oh, so I can mm-hmm. Cause I feel like the, the uh, audience sees me all the time, how I'm asking the questions to people. But every time I have a guest, like, I don't know when I'll be able to have you on again. So it's like, that's why I kind of want to like, you give your perspective. Mm. It's like your time to like, talk what you want to say like speak your mind you know say your story mm-hmm. like that's the whole point uh me it's not it's, podcast is not for me it's about people mm-hmm. you know about them telling their story so i mean you can ask me all the questions you know off air or yeah you know but i mean this is the thing you can come on again and again and again and again like i said i will bring this podcast to kona so <laughs> we'll figure it out <laughs> okay because there's like already so many questions that like come to mind oh yeah well i mean Waffer, I'm probably coming over pretty soon, so you can you can ask me that. <laughs> and uh, something that I told uh, your mom uh, last night, actually, I sent her a message because she um, she posted a thing of you singing, mm-hmm. and um, on the description she uh, she said that you were uh, doing like big things and leadership, so on and so forth. And I replied to her, I said they couldn't have picked a better person to lead. Oh. <laughs> So, uh, honestly, Ari, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your company. And this is our third interaction, but honestly, it's, uh, it's time well spent. And I thank you for everything you said today, honestly. Thank you. Wow, that's so sweet. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're out here. Goodbye. Uh. Oh, yeah.